Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Wednesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial is Trent Condon and Ken Miller. And we're with you for the next couple of hours. Thanks for spending some of your morning here with us as uh, we recap a crazy night in sports. Look ahead to tonight, et cetera, et cetera. BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this here this morning. Uh, how about the fact that uh, the Hawkeyes football had a press conference not on Zoom. Mm-hmm. There were people, reporters in attendance. Uh, David Eicholt was one of them. He will join us coming up here at about 1030-ish. I look forward to catching up with him, HawkeyeInsider.com, part of 24-7 Sports. Uh, that struck me. I mean, it's just something that 18 months ago would have been just another day, right? But then we had the shutdown and Zoom became such an important part of our lives. And now we are getting back to in-person stuff. David Eicholt coming up at 1030. Brian Orilko is going to be here from the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission. We uh, went down a path yesterday of talking about Olympic Games and how Iowans will be able to, or will they or won't they be able to wager on some of the Olympic Games. Brian gave us a little bit of clarity but he's going to join us at 10.50, bring us up to speed on what's going uh, on sports wagering-wise in our wonderful state of Iowa. Uh, David Kaplan is here, Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors, Cappy, Bears, Cubs, White Sox, longtime voice of the Chicago Blackhawks, announced his retirement, Pat Foley, leaving after 39 years of calling Blackhawks games. Uh, unbelievable career. I'm assuming we'll get into that briefly, but a lot on the Cubs and a lot on the Bears, who I think that this move to Arlington's becoming more and more likely with the, with the relationship that they now have. It is it what casino is it? River something in Arlington uh, and Bet Rivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Churchill Downs owns the property, and apparently Churchill Downs and the Bears may be doing a deal now. So we'll get the very latest. But man, for what looked like, there's no way in hell they're leaving downtown to Chicago. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to think, Trent, that that might be, if, if you're putting a set in odds, they might be, I don't know, minus a buck 60. Is that more the excitement of something different and leading to media speculation that gets to that point? Well, or? And, and if it's, that's the case, they're playing right into the Bears' hands if they are right. using that yes. uh, to try and um, you know up the ante that the city's going to offer. We'll see. But it, boy, oh boy, it looks like at least I get that sense. And then Bill Bender will join us. Uh, Bill Bender on the news from yesterday with the college football playoff moving forward to the next step. Uh, and we'll get into his bowl projections. as he points out are 100% accurate? Always. Always with Bill. You've had a busy morning already. I, I hope have. you saved some of the good stuff for the 10 to noon shift. Of course I did. Appreciate that. You're going to pull a triple header today. So you did mornings with Heather. Uh-huh. Um, was Zamora in? Because Sean's was. gone too, right? Yeah, Sean's in, uh, on his way to Florida. He's going down to a oh, wedding nice. down there. So he'll be hanging out in the Keys. He's swimming with, in the Keys. He's swimming with sharks and uh, going to a wedding. Wow. A good weekend for him. And yeah, Zamora was Sean's here. friend or his girlfriend Sean's buddy yep and he's getting married in the keys yes that's not cheap no not at all 
Doing well. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not cheap to attend anything down there, but good for him. So uh, you pulled the morning shift, you'll do this, and then you got high school baseball tonight. Did I see that right? Yes, and uh, doing a doubleheader as I'll be on both uh, CISN for Game 1 and then Game 2 right here on KXNO along with the video stream on CISN. So we'll have both of those. It'll be a late night out at Southeast Polk, probably about a half-hour drive home. So we're looking at uh, this is going to be a long day, I'm hoping. We have our TV show that we record on Wednesdays. In between, that maybe, just maybe, I did not schedule any meetings this afternoon. Mm Can sneak in just an hour power nap and I'll be good to go for baseball tonight. Trent, you have no chance. We can try and do that at home. Is Elle at home? Is Jack at home? You have no chance. I know. I know. Uh, Good thought, but um, (laughs) probably not going to happen. Well, Heather uh, brought up this morning. You know, there is a couch in the old alt studio, that middle studio over there. Oh, is there really? I didn't know that. So maybe, just maybe, that would be a better spot to try to get a little shut It's clearly dark in there. It is. Um, yeah, just down the hall from us. Just yeah. tape tape our show and go catch an hour of shut-eye. That might be your best option. Anyways, uh, speaking of sleep, Trent, <laughs> I didn't see the game-winning basket last no. night. I was so pissed off at the NBA and the time that it took from, I don't know what time, how much time was it? Was there 36? seconds left in the game somewhere around there um when paul george hits a shot to put the clippers in front mm-hmm. 30 seconds roughly something I like think. that yeah and then the trilogy trent it was you you watched it i know I that it's just not us two that watched it mm-hmm. i wonder how many other people were in i i shut it off honest to god i shut the damn tea off in disgust i'll watch it in the morning i'll catch up with what i missed in the morning i'm not going to miss anything because they hadn't scored after that george bucket i don't think paul george had missed two free throws yes um and it just was a calamity of replay TV commercial. Couple of seconds, seemingly, of play. We'll be back after these. Replay. It was, I, I couldn't take it. So I have a rundown here. Uh, first of all, the final two minutes of the game took 33 minutes in real time. That's all. You have got to be... I didn't realize it was that bad. The last 106. Okay. Minute six of the game. Yeah. Took twenty nine minutes. That's ridiculous. Now, see, that's where I, I. I don't think I'm alone. I, I'm. I'm guessing that there was a good percentage of people that were invested in that game that just had enough. Yes, it, Twitter was breaking. People were losing their mind, and rightly because of so. That. And we had great, compelling moments, interesting moments. Playoff <laughs> P choking, right? A dunk that will live in infamy and will be shown yeah. thousands of times yep. going forward. Yep. But in between, here's a rundown of the final minute. Review. Stop game in the middle of a play for review again. Foul. Commercial break. Two-second play. Commercial break. Another two-second play. Review. Review. Stop game in the middle for another review. Two-second play. Two-second play. Commercial break. Miss free throws. Commercial break. It's unreal. And then the final sequence. 29 minutes for a minute and six seconds. A minute and six seconds of of playing time. Took 29 minutes. Is that what you said? And a big part of that is to... To get it right. You go to the review to get it right. But even when they get it right, they get it wrong. It doesn't feel right. I because know what the, you mean. Because the Devin Booker, yes. yes, he touched it last. Yes. Yeah. Technically, he mm-hmm. is right. 
This is the same conversation we have with replay in baseball. Mm-hmm. And for that split. When his foot comes off the bag for a, yep. for a blink of an eye. He's stealing second base, and just that finger came off for a moment, and yep. the tag was still applied. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're out. Now, that's not what the rule is in place for. That's the frustrating habit. I, I couldn't agree with you more, Trent. And here's the worst part about it. Well, maybe not the worst part about it. There was so much other stuff going on in the world of sports last night. From Scherzer versus Girardi to Sergio Romo um, to where we are headed with baseball and the fact that uh, that Rob Manfred, look, I get why he did it and we've said as much, but you picked the exact wrong time to do it. This isn't when you do it in the middle of a season. And for an umpire to have to run his fingers through Max Scherzer's hair. Did you see that? Did I you saw s- it. Did you think that that was, I don't know which umpire it was, but I'm going to guess he's probably the crew chief. Mm-hmm. And he's been in the game for, I don't know, a couple of decades. Maybe, probably, crew yeah. chief. You've, you've got some skin in the game, right? Mm-hmm. That's got to be the first time he's ever rubbed his fingers through a player's hair. I would hope so. <laughs> right? Maybe there was another time. Oh, my God. But it's difficult to think of a circumstance where that no, would Trent, come No, Trent, it isn't. There isn't one. Sergio Romo, who's a goofy, goofy dude. Right. He's just weird. Yeah. Got to know him with the Twins the last couple yes, of years. Yes, I love them. He's an odd duck. He is. And he just drops trout. Did yeah. you see that umpire, though? He was he laughing. Says, yeah, no, you don't. Yeah, he's, okay. No, who? It. it was Steve Lyons that did it and says he didn't do right. it on. Per- I'm not so sure about that one either. Another weird a, duck himself. Yeah, it absolutely is. That Max Scherzer, you know my affinity for him. Yeah, you know how much he's appointment viewing for me. He's like, really good. Like you and Degrom. Yep. Scherzer's been my guy for mm-hmm. a long time, and I love his competitiveness. Ned, Jeff, hang in there. We'll come right to you. I love the way that he he'll holler at guys. Yeah. And he certainly did that last night. There's just something about him. The way that he commands the mound is something I think is a once-in-a-generation kind of guy. He's a hell of a player, Trent. But last night, I think he was wrong. I think he was wrong the way that he did it. I understood his frustration. but In, he, the, middle, in the middle of an inning? See, I think Girardi was gamesmanship. Absolutely. Not a doubt. And now, I don't Scherzer's, like Girardi as myself. I, yeah, and, and the fact that, you know, there was a time that I'm guessing that Girardi was a, a whole, he was a, he was a, he was a problem. Yeah, right. right. If yes. he's coming out of the dugout, he's uh-huh. a problem. But he's, he's 50-something now, right? right? Come on, you're, you're too old for this. But, you know, Scherzer's got to get used to the fact you're going to get checked. Mm-hmm. Now, in the middle of an inning, and it was clearly, I think, Girardi trying to get into his head, Scherzer's spin rate was down yesterday. It was. It was like, like every pitcher's spin rate was down yesterday. But it's, it was, it was the, I think it's the right idea. I think the imp- implementation was totally wrong, and the timing was bizarre. It was. To have this happen in the middle of the uh-huh. year, but you were given an inch. You took a mile. Well, that's true, Trent. And apparently to Manfred's, I guess, uh, on his side of the d- debate, he did tell them, stop. Mm-hmm. Knock it off. Right. And then came back and said it again and finally got pushed to a point where this is the result. That's the way that it goes down. Mm-hmm. And I know Manfred, he has painted a lot of times in negative light, and it's easy to do. Well, but what he said about the World Series trophy, right. now, admittedly. Piece of metal. Right. It's not the best trophy, championship trophy, <laughs> but still... That's I mean, what your league plays that. for. Right. Uh, Jeff, hang in there. We're going to get to Ned. Ned, welcome to Miller & Condon. Thanks for being patient. Hey, you back. Good morning, guys. Great show. Thank you. Um, so I know you moved on to baseball, but my story about uh, how long it took me to watch the last 30 <laughs> seconds was, first of all, full disclosure, I'm a casual NBA fan, so I 
when I went to bed, or I thought I was going to bed, I thought, well, I'll just check the score, see who won the game. And uh, it was like 30 seconds left, so I clicked on the free 10 minutes uh, you get from ESPN without having an account. <laughs> and, uh, and my 10 minutes ran out when um, the Clippers had the ball and they came down and, and scored <laughs> to go ahead by one point. Mm-hmm. 30 seconds left. Yeah, so I quick grabbed my iPad, clicked on that, got logged in, got 10 minutes on my iPad, and that ran out <laughs> when I missed I missed the, the free throw, the two free throws that were missed. Uh, yeah, uh, Paul George. would have put them ahead. Yeah. And the iPad ran out, so my wife's there in the bedroom. I said, hey, quick, give me your phone. <laughs> <laughs> and I grabbed her phone and logged on on her phone, and I did see at the end of the game, but there was less than a minute left yeah. on her phone That's when wild. I, I saw the end of it. But uh, amazing finish. Yeah. I might have to watch him. I'm kind of a Suns fan, I guess. But, hey, I, I, that was it took me almost 30 minutes, just what you said earlier. That's a good story. That's Ned, great. thanks for listening. appreciate you calling in. I'll you bet, so many time. Uh, Jeff is next. Jeff, welcome to Miller. That's a funny story. That Hi, is. Jeff. Hey, guys. I just want to first uh, say that I had to take a um, – a pee drop for my job, and luckily for me, I didn't have any burritos for a taco truck. So <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, I still you'll be fine. Tomorrow, yes, so. yeah. yes. All right, first. But if uh, but if you're I, not, there'll be a lot of people locally that that think they know you, but they don't. But they'll take your side of things because Jeff, you would never do anything. Well, he's like an Iowan, of course, right? Not. Right? That, that, no, no, absolutely not. First, I'm a huge NBA fan, so I just want to give just a little preference for what I watched last night. Cameron Payne played oh, a hell of a game. Yes. 29 points, shot 50% from the field. And Aiden, I don't know if a lot of us have watched him. He's a max player. He's playing his way hmm. getting a huge contract with Phoenix or somebody else. Um, you know, and then, you know, for Devin Booker to have a, I don't know, a so-so game, you know, it looks like marvelous Marvin Hagler <laughs> nailed him in the nose. Yep. Nice name drop for me. 1980s boxer, if no one knew who that was. Um, and for him to come back looking like Steve Nash, <laughs> yep. and people forget. Let's. I mean, I understand that last thirty seconds. It was awful. I know we want to get the the plays right. Kind of like what if if anybody watched or Trent watched last night, like Van Gundy said, mm-hmm. it's getting to a point where it is. You just got to go with your gut. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that Devin Booker play where. Um, Somebody stripped him, and it came off his hands. Like, that happens every single play. So if you're going to review that and overturn that, that's a play that happens all the time, guys. It was, But we can get off that. But back to Devin Booker, and I don't know if you guys talked about it yet or not, but that last play, hell of a out-of-bounds play. Without a quick, yes. A hell of a play. But Devin Booker setting that Absolutely. Without a doubt. huge because you had – because you had to stay on Booker because he was going to just drop mm-hmm. back to the three-point line. So two people stuck into Booker to get that unbelievable throw and finish by Aiden. It was an unbelievable game. I know the NBA is is probably crying right now because they're probably going to get a Suns Milwaukee or Suns Olympic finals. But, yeah. you know, but you know what? It's good It's good to see new blood, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Really we might and see the – Go ahead. Before I leave, let me give you a shout-out. Another one of my boys, uh, Rory, for another choke job on a Sunday. Uh, he just keeps going on and on, seven-plus years without winning a major. You're not going to get any closer than that if you're a Rory fan. He is right there, and he just can't slam the door shut. Thanks, Jeff. So. Appreciate the call. Uh, yeah, good stuff. Um, good stuff. Again, I, I, the Booker screen he's referring to, mm-hmm. I saw it this morning on Scott Van Pelt, right? Yeah. Uh, on the ESPN app. Um, 
it was it was a really good play, and it uh, he, he's one hundred percent right that that was as big uh, of a part of that play uh, as the alley oop and the the finish. Doing it bloodied, bruised, and how about did you see the did you see the when it, when it happened? There was a fan that Steve Nash uh, the Steve Nash broken nose that he's referring to. Mm-hmm. A fan was wearing that shirt at the game. Oh, I of didn't a picture see that. Of Steve Nash with the broken nose. Yeah. Uh, in attendance oh, last wild. night, and they found him, and they put kind of a, I don't know, split screen mm-hmm. uh, with uh, with Steve Nash's on that T-shirt and what he looked like. Yeah, there's no, there's no doubt in my mind Booker's beak is broken. How many s- stars do that? On that play, yeah. knowing that's what you have to do, but yeah. you're I still thinking the playoffs, most of them. Right. We saw Scottie Pippen yeah. leave a playoff there's game. There's been some business decisions, decisions made. Right. Yes. Yeah, that uh and it was asking a lot to Booker to repeat what he did on Sunday. Absolutely. To be fair to him. Cameron Payne was great. Yeah, it was fantastic. The Clippers though have to be kicking themselves because Chris Paul will be back, if not game 3, certainly yep. game 4. Yep. And now you have to beat the Suns 4 out of 5. There's no way it's going to happen with no Kawhi. Nope. And with Chris Paul back. Right. Good luck. It just you can't see it. That was their chance to win the series. That was the opportunity. It was there for the taking. It wasn't a well... Neither team shot it real well, uh-huh. but it was still a compelling game. No, it was, it was fun still trend. interesting and fun, and even as frustrating as that last 33 minutes <laughs> were. It was still... I was still engaged. I was still into it. You were frustrated. I don't think I'm alone. No. Uh, I'm on, how about Ned's story? Three different devices <laughs> for his 10-minute 10, 10 free trial. Two of them ran out. He had to grab his wife's, and it was it was about to expire. I mean, that's the way it was. It was mm-hmm. As you said, it was 29 minutes. That's, I, I mean, I knew it was long, and there's no wonder. I'm, you know, I was a little disappointed in myself this morning, mm-hmm. but now I'm not. Right. <laughs> Knowing that it was <laughs> no, that it was long. That bloody long. It just kept going oh. and going and going. Now we get game one. After those two games in, in the Suns Clipper series, we finally get game one on the Eastern side. And I don't know if I'm as pumped up into as, this series. Yeah. It just, it's uh, so odd. Yeah. Two teams that haven't been in a conference final in such a long time. Atlanta, this is the first time they have since they moved from St. Louis. That's crazy. And for Milwaukee, I think maybe they had a team in the 80s that might have and lost to the uh, Celtics. I'll, I'll take your word for it. When they had some pretty good teams out there, but. Certainly not in recent history that we see Milwaukee there. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, they were there in, uh, like, 2000 when they had, uh, who was that group? Oh, Ray Allen, that group, and they lost in the conference finals. But it's few and far between yep. Atlanta-Milwaukee, just a different feel to no, it. No, I'm with you, and I like the fact that we've got the you know team like Milwaukee, kind of a, I guess, small market. Giannis decides that that's where he's going to spend at least the prime of his career, which was great because it seemed like there was a very slim chance uh, that he was going to um, uh, re-sign with Milwaukee. I, I, I like it. I don't need the, you know, I don't need the Cavaliers and the Warriors and the Lakers and the dot dot dot. I don't need those teams that we see seemingly year after year after year. It's okay to have a final without LeBron. I think. I mean, it's rare, but I think it's okay. Uh, that we that we have this maybe not every year, but I'm good with this. Well, and I think it shows also that you don't have to be a big market team to finally get there, to finally break down that wall. And mm-hmm. for a league that it is difficult, if you're not in L.A. or Boston, if you're not in a big market, this shows yes, right. you can get there, and you don't just get there by getting the best three guys together and doing it. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to get a little luck, oh, mm-hmm. sure, and that happened with Brooklyn and their injuries, but. 
for the Minnesotas of the world, for the Milwaukee's that are doing it right now, saying, yes, it still can happen in this league that you can get there. Yeah, Minnesota lost their – did you watch the lottery last night? <laughs> yes. I watched some of it. it just, uh, just to see I was waiting just for that. Yeah, and they um, when Golden State pulled the 7P and knew that they mm-hmm. were clobbered. Uh, Brian wants to join the program. We're glad to have him. Hello, Brian. What's on your mind? Hey, how are you guys doing? Uh, did you guys see that uh, the NBA supposedly sent a referee that the Suns were 0-11 when he refed? I just heard that last really? night. Really? So I figured you gambling guys might like that, yeah. Um, maybe even out the series 1-1. Where did you see that, Brian? I heard it on the radio last did night. Did you? So Interesting. It was, yeah, from, you know, the... Fox Sports guys. Yeah, yep, so I yep. just thought maybe that'd be something you guys would like to know. Yeah, I yes. appreciate you chiming in. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate you listening. Uh, I did not know that. Interesting nugget, isn't yeah. it? I wonder what to, what the referee's name was. Do you know? I can find probably the assignments from last night of who it was, but it's intriguing. Oh, and 11. At a little the bit of the very name. least, yeah. and almost got it done. That's starting to become a trend, Trent. Yes. Oh, and 11. Indeed it Same is. thing with umpires. Mm-hmm. You see it a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, there are certain umpires that don't get along with pitchers or yep. even batters. Yep. And so what comes out of last night? What can be done to combat what's happening right. here? First of all, you have to tell the pitchers, you can't be a jerk about it. I agree. And then there was a couple of times. Look, the umpires are doing what they were told to do. Yes, it's the it's the it's. The, I hate to break uh, Amber Alexander. Absolutely it wasn't right. Her fault on Sunday. Yes, right? it truly wasn't. She was told the These umpires, umpires didn't come up with the rules. This is Rob Manfred, mm-hmm. right? And they're doing what they were told to do. Everybody has a boss for if the you, most part. If you want to sound off on Manfred afterwards, like Scherzer did, I didn't have a problem with that. But I, absolutely, I had a problem with the way that he reacted, and he knew what Girardi was doing. Sure. And I know that's the way Max Scherzer is wound. He is wound incredibly tight. Mm-hmm. That is what made him what the pitcher that he yep. is. A maybe the pitcher of the decade. He's been that good. Every fifth day is a different guy, personality wise, and not a lot. Um, all of the good ones are for the most. But part, you have to right? know and. And to see that, and now for a young pitcher in the game, that's going to have that happen mm-hmm. to them tonight or tomorrow. Oh, it's okay because Scherzer did it. See, right. it's not, it's not the right message. Sound out afterwards. Be mm-hmm. show why you're upset and explain to us why you're upset. But while you're playing, the umpires are doing their job. You do yours as well. An umpire had to rub his fingers through Scherzer's hair. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. <laughs> Because Scherzer kept going to his cap, right? Mm-hmm. Kept going to his cap. Uh, and and Martinez is barking at Girardi, and Girardi comes to the top step. And then they get through the inning, and Scherzer's walking off the bump, and he starts staring into the Phillies dugout. And Girardi didn't like that and came out and, come on, you want a piece of me? Come on, let's, let's settle this. For- come on, Joe. <laughs> You're the manager. So he got tossed out immediately. Um we should be talking about Wanda Franco. Which we was should a be story. talking to be right. We should be talking about some of the good things in baseball. Who is sharing the spotlight right now with a really good NBA series? Mm-hmm. Uh, the NHL, to a smaller extent, is you know putting uh, together a pretty good postseason run. Um, but that's the story, and that's that's maybe as big of a story in sports from yesterday. Despite what we saw uh, in Phoenix, the baseball might be nationally. The biggest story in sports from yesterday. What a good random Tuesday that we get in June. Oh my huh? God, how about that? Let's get a few more of those. Okay. 25 minutes after the hour at 10 o'clock, we will uh, catch up with David Eicholt next. The 
Hawkeye Media was in person with... Did you see the picture? Of which one? There was a picture of the side of Kirk, and yes. there was like eight media members over this, his yeah. little other shoulder. Uh, and it just put a smile. Yep. The um, new register the writer. The new register writer was there. Halas was I in the Halas. background. But, but he's such a weird duck. Did you see Halas's, <laughs> um Father's Day tweet? No. Having a great time with the with 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 my sons or something. You know, great, and it's the Jonas Brothers. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, he's just a weird, but he's brilliant. He's he a is. really good writer. That he is. Um, but just different cat. Uh, and I say that with a great deal of respect for what he does. Uh, Twenty five minutes after the hour of ten, we will come back with David Eicholt. He was part of that scrum yesterday. Uh, Brian Arilko on sports wagering in our state. Uh, he's with the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission. He will join us, pick his brain a little bit. Cappy's here at 11.05. Bill Bender at 11.30 on college football. Miller and Condon till noon, 1460 KXNO. 10- oh, downtown Des Moines, where you're truly welcome. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Just past 10.30, welcome back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Uh, in about two fifteen minutes or so, our friend Brian Rilko from the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission will answer some sports wagering questions that Trent and I will have. Uh, in hour number two, David Kaplan. It's Wednesday. We go live to Chicago with the Capman at 11.05 and Bill Bender from the Sporting News. But right now, David Eichel, 24-7 sports. He covers the Hawkeyes at HawkeyeInsider.com. David, thanks for coming back. Trent and Ken, how are you? Doing good, guys. Appreciate you having me back. A bit of a wild experience having an in-person press conference yesterday. Felt like it was just a time travel of how crazy everything's been for the past 18 months. But uh, it was fantastic. And, uh, you know, and and I think people need to realize, too, the in-person coverage and the interactions like the media members get with the athletes, with the coaches, it's so much more genuine. You get so much more out of it. So I'm expecting all of our covers to be just that much better this year if things continue to be on the right track. Yeah, here, here. In fact, Trent and I talked about that when we were into going, running down the guest list that you guys were able to be in person. And uh, look, Zoom was okay for what it, you know, the circumstances, but the follow-up's difficult, right? If you you know, had a follow-up question uh, that you wanted to get in there, it was difficult to do. So in person, so much better. And it's just another sign that we indeed are, David Eichel, getting back to uh, the way things used to be. Well, let, let's talk about what uh, you guys uh, gathered for. We'll get into the hoops Coming up here uh, is uh, Luca Garza. Kind of looks like a different dude uh, with his weight loss. Uh, but uh, maybe correct me if I'm wrong. One of the bigger takeaways from yesterday's media availability was just the fact that you know Petrus might have competition. Um, that's kind of was my takeaway to Ference asking about the quarterbacks. Not that he's you know not the favorite to win the job, but it's not the foregone conclusion. I think that many felt that it was. I think that's a fair statement. Uh, the thing that really stood out to me, though, was he said, obviously, it starts with the coach speak. We're keeping an open mind for every single position. But then he started really going in-depth about Alex Padilla. He said, you know, the first two weeks, he was sort of, you know, he didn't want to say flatlining, but there just wasn't enough upside he saw. And then the last half, the last two weeks of spring football, he saw him make some killer throws and was just on the upward trajectory. And I, I think I told you guys this after the spring game. I was very impressed with what I saw from Alex Padilla in those two open spring practices. I thought he commanded the offense well. 
I thought he made some good throws. I thought he made some good decisions when to run the ball, when to just to get rid of the ball. I thought he showed the poise of a more veteran quarterback, but it's also easier to do that when you know you're not going to be getting hit in spring mm-hmm. football is what I think people need to keep in mind there. Uh, but, you know, I do think that's fair, and I think another thing, too, is he said, you know, Deuce Hogan's doing a lot of good things. He just needs to continue to learn the offense and continue to get more consistent. But I do think Spencer Petras will be the starting quarterback in week one. But I will say I think that Alex Padilla in the upward trajectory, I, I think that's going to continue to push Spencer, especially coming down the stretch. But I, I also do think it's worth noting that Tyrone Tracy was raving about Spencer Petras mm-hmm. yesterday. Uh, when asked specifically about what he's improved upon, he said his timing's better, his leadership's better, his accuracy's better. But I think the most important thing that he does now, he's commanding the field. He's commanding the offense. Tyrone said last year he was a little bit timid. He didn't really command it like you would see a normal quarterback. And I think we all kind of saw that as well, uh, especially in the pocket and sort of that pre-snap motion. But if he is commanding the offense, I do think that that's going to go a long way for Spencer and what he wants to have if he wants to have a big second year as Iowa's starting quarterback. David, if the schedule, non-conference schedule, if you will, was inversed, if it was Colorado State, Kent State, Iowa State, then Indiana, and conference play began, would this conversation be more likely that it is a true battle, or does the schedule also play a piece excellent of this? Point. I, I think that's an excellent point as well. I think that, I've talked about this too, I think it's going to be very hard to put in Alex Fiddy or Deuce Hogan, just for that matter. Mm-hmm when you go up against a top 15 team in Indiana, who I think is going to have one of the better secondaries in the big 10. Uh, and then you obviously come right back with Iowa state who returns 20 of 22 starters from, from last year's team. So I do think that Spencer having the experience is going to be there, but I will say if Alex continues to show that trajectory and he's head and shoulders above uh, Spencer Peters going into week one, I do think that'd be irresponsible not to throw in Alex. Uh, but with that being said, with the way the schedule's worked out, I think this does allow Spencer a little bit more wiggle room. Let's say Iowa splits goes one and one, right? Uh, Spencer doesn't play well in either one of those games, but Iowa finds a way to win one of those games. I believe he, the coaching staff will give Spencer at least until that third week against that first non-conference opponent to see if he can start turning that corner and going on the upward trajectory. But if he struggles three weeks in a row out of the gate, I think they're going to have to make a change. Uh, I love the fact Tyrone Tracy, look, he's got high expectations for himself. You, you want that, right? And the other thing, and I'm not sure people realize this, just the relationship that he's got with a former cy- uh, Cyclone Hawkeye, uh, terrific uh, receiver, record-setting receiver, and Marvin McNutt. Can't, have, uh, can't hurt to have him uh, as your tutor. No, agreed. And I will say this. I'll make my bold prediction right now. I think that Tyrone Tracy is going to be Iowa's first all Big Ten caliber receiver since 2011 when Marvin McNutt mm. was that. It's, it's been almost a decade, and I think that with some of the talent that's come through, I think it's overdue, and I think that Tyrone Tracy is a unique breed of strength, athleticism, and explosion, and if he can just continue to sort of clean up those drops uh, that he's you know, had struggled with a little bit, uh, I think that he, he can hit that mark. I think he can be an all Big Ten caliber receiver and I think he's going to get plenty of opportunities with Emir Smith-Marset and Brandon Smith gone. And, you know, he's never been a, a shy person in front of the media, and I mean that endearingly. He's always been a really good interview. I will say the thing that really stood out to me was, I don't know if you guys remember, back when he was a redshirt freshman, Brandon Smith was out for five games due to that leg injury he suffered. Tyrone went into that X spot, 
and he, he produced. I mean, he had over 300 yards, two touchdowns in those five games, had 21 receptions, and I asked him if he wanted to go in and play the X, uh, if he prefers playing that, and he just said, look, I'm Tyrone Tracy. I'm not trying to be anybody else. I want to play the X receiver, F, Z, Y, running back. I've already talked to Coach Copeland. I want to do everything I can to make the team better, and I feel like I can do that. And I think when you have a guy with that mentality and that skill set, if Iowa can find ways to get him involved in the offense, I think that Tyrone could be in for a special year. Let's go to the offensive line. And I think the interior, certainly with Linderbaum, you're excited about that. You see the picture shot, by the way, yesterday? The shooter was looking great. Uh, it's unbelievable. And uh, I know the question was asked. I'm not sure if you were around at the time. Just about the difference, though, in coaching style with George Bar- mm-hmm. Barnett, the new offensive line coach coming in for Palasek, who... Uh, you would hear him uh, hollering, certainly a lot. And if you were close to the field, you could hear Palasek a whole bunch. That dude was loud. Not the same with Barnett, what Shooter had to say about that. And and your thoughts overall on this offensive line? You know, I do think that it was interesting to me. I know Pro Football Focus released their top five offensive lines going into the year. They had Iowa at number three. Wow. And not that it was you know, super shocking to me, but you think about losing two starting tackles. Mm-hmm. Uh and you have Alaric Jackson, Mark Kallenberg are gone. Then you have to expect Jack Plum. And I, I would think Cody Ince is going to start that right side. We didn't get to see him in the spring uh, due to just being a little bit nicked up. Um, but I do think that there's a lot of upside on this offensive line. But from everything I've heard, whether it be from recruits, whether it be from guys on the record in press conferences, I, I think George Barnett's been a splash hire. I think he's been a very, very big hit with the players. I know Tyler Linderbaum's a big fan of him. Kyler Schott's a big fan of him. Like you mentioned, I don't think Barnett's as loud as Tim Polisek, but you know you really can't coach offensive line or defensive line and be a quiet guy. It, it, that's just not the reality. Um, and I think Barnett does have his moments where he's going to get after some guys, but I think when you have a 20-plus-year veteran, he knows what he's doing. He came across as a super genuine guy, uh, has come across as a super genuine guy on the recruiting trail, really bonded with some of those commits, uh, as well as a lot of the guys just on the team right now. I do think that it's a, I don't want to say a match made in heaven. I don't want to go that far yet. But I do think that he's made a big splash, and I think that he has commanded the attention of the room. But I will say, I think it also helps when you have a guy like Tyler Linderbaum and Kyler Schott, and you have those guys who've been around the program, and they already command that much respect among the room and, and from the coaching staff. And I do think that uh, I'm very interested to see where this offensive line can go. I think there's a lot of potential. But you think about the experience of Jack Plum, you think about Cody Entz. Cody Entz obviously started all eight games playing all eight games last year but he's a tackle now and i think that's a big big difference and when you're going up against you know the indianas and the iowa states for the first two games you know iowa can't avoid that slow start hiccup that they had against last year against purdue and northwestern otherwise i think they're gonna get beat twice iowa's got to come out hot right out of the gate and i think the offensive line is gonna be one of the biggest reasons why they, they win or lose you know those first two games uh, David Eicholt is our guest, Hawkeye Insider, part of 24-7 Sports. Uh, David, let's switch to basketball where two Hawks are showing their wares at the uh, Combine. I think both of them are are, are uh, different buzz, but they're both certainly getting uh, their fair share of publicity for doing so. Uh, Luca Garza kind of looks like a different dude, right? He played, what, 265 um, mm-hmm. toward the end of the year, and he's, and he's slimmed down 30 pounds. What are, what are you hearing about Garza as far as his prospects of hearing his name called? Well, I'll say this. I think, you know, I think scouts and, you know, the NBA personnel has been impressed with Garza just for getting it. Because keep in mind, when he was playing in the Big Ten at 265, 
he had to. He's going up against Kofi Coburn. The Big Ten's the most physical conference in America, in my opinion. I don't think it's close. No, you're right. And then Garza knows he needs to be quicker when he gets in the NBA. He slims down like that. He's also tweaked his shooting motion. He has a quicker shot, and it has not affected his accuracy at all. He shot well in late-night workouts uh, and preparing for the draft. I, I think that Luka Garza is certainly helping himself. Again, I think that he, I think he had a seven one and a half wingspan going into it, and I think he understands what his role in the NBA is. And I think once people get him in interviews, I think they're going to be blown away by him. Uh, from everything I'm hearing surrounding Luka, he's, he's only helping himself. I mean, Luka, of anyone, I think is very self-aware about what his strengths and weaknesses are. And, and I think he's just going in. He's just saying, hey, look, I can shoot the ball better than you think. Here's me changing my body for the NBA. I'm more than ready to come in and try to help your organization. And I think that that is resonating uh, with the NBA personnel. And again, I think with a big week this week, I think he's going to continue to help himself. And I do think that he will be drafted. How about the wow looking at the measurables of Joe Weezy? I'll say. Uh, we knew athleticism, not great off the bounce, but sure, certainly showed that at times. We know about the shooting ability, but. 4% body fat. I mean, the workout regime he had to be going through just to get to that number coupled with the vertical jump. These are numbers I don't think anybody anticipated we were going to see, were they? I, I think certainly not the not the body fat percentage. I mean, I was I know I did like a triple take on that yeah. when I first saw that. But I will say this, if any Iowa fan is hoping that Joe Wieskamp's coming back, <laughs> man, I, 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 I don't know what else I can tell you. Uh, Joe Wieskamp with a 42-inch vertical, 6'7 with shoes, a 6'11 wingspan. That's going to help him, especially get drafted. When you talk about perimeter defense, if he can continue to work on his quickness, he's shooting the ball at 47% from three last season, better than 50% in conference play. I think Joe Wieskamp has done nothing but help himself, and I've heard a lot of good buzz uh, coming out of day one. And I'll say this, he had the second highest vertical jump of the day at 42 inches. I mean, that. Jeez. I'll say this, I was surprised by it. I think a lot of people were surprised by it. But I think when you go back and look at the tape on some of those rebounds, defensive rebounds he had last year, how high up he got, I think Joe Wieskamp can, it definitely showed what he can do uh, as far as you know, rebounding the ball, passing the ball, shooting the ball. I have a hard time believing he'll come back. But from everything I'm hearing from scouts and from NBA personnel and people that were at the camp, uh, Joe Wieskamp definitely turned some heads yesterday, and I think he's going to continue to do that, especially if he keeps shooting the ball as well as he is. David, we literally have like 60 seconds left. It's maybe unfair to ask you, but just a nugget or two recruiting-wise. I know it's a very busy time for both football and basketball. I'll let you go wherever you want. Uh, just recruiting news if you have any. Yeah, top 50 prospect Aiden Shaw for basketball officially visited Iowa over the last couple of days. I think Iowa's the wild card in his recruitment. I think if you paired him with, you know, commit DeSante Bowen, I think that that's a very, very strong start to the 2022 class. And be on the lookout this weekend. There's going to be a lot of Iowa's top targets coming in uh, for this weekend for football. And I do anticipate Iowa at least landing four or five commits in the next couple of weeks from guys that officially visit this weekend. So HawkeyeInsiders.com's got all the previews for that. And uh, just be on the lookout for some recruiting news because I think it's going to pop soon. Good stuff, David. Uh, Glad you plugged your site. Uh, Thank you for doing this for us. HawkeyeInsider.com, part of 24-7 Sports. David Eichel. David, we'll talk to you in the weeks ahead. Appreciate it.
All right, thanks, guys. Take care. Have a good week. Yeah, you do the same. David Eicholt uh, with some Hawkeye news there. We'll take a timeout. We'll go from the Hawks to, well, potentially betting on the Hawks or the Olympics. Brian Orilko from the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission will answer our questions next. It's Miller and Condon. Cappy at 1105, 1460 KX and 1106 Street in Clyde. Hi, welcome back. This is actually putting out a new album. Really? Neil Young, kind of, yeah, getting back, uh, I don't know, that's your culture for the time. <laughs> Not too bad. I, yeah, uh, sure, I'll give that one a listen. I'm, I'm with you. I uh, didn't appreciate him before, but I sure like him now. Anyways, uh, Brian Orilko, Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission, where he is the director of gaming. We talked yesterday, Trent, about the Olympics. I remember being in Vegas and you couldn't bet on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I looked. The first one you could bet on, I think, was... The 2016 Olympics, they allowed okay. wagering on it. Um, when the Amateur Act was in play, they'd taken it off the board, but it's back now. Brian Arilko, we had some questions. He uh, reached out via text to answer them, but he's going to join us. In fact, does right now uh, in person. Brian Trenton, Ken, thank you, as always, for coming on. How are you, Brian Arilko? I'm doing great, guys. It's good to be here. No, good to be with you. Uh, so before we get into what we can and can't do on the Olympics that are coming up, uh, a down month uh, as far as sports wagering in the in the state of Iowa. Not to be unexpected. It was, you know, there's golf going on, and and I and I do believe that it's generating more handle than uh, some folks thought that it would. But it's just really a lack of uh, a lack of opportunities uh, that I think is behind the downtick for this past month. Would you agree with that? Yeah, you, exactly. You summed it up perfectly. And we did expect uh, some decline in handle in these summer months. That was something that we've seen all over the country in previous years, uh, uh, and we expected it. It's nothing to be uh, alarmed with, and it is really just a result of not having as many events or at least events that people are comfortable wagering uh, large sums of money. And so um, we saw another month over a hundred million. And so it is, it does seem to be settling um, where that is what we will expect um, here in Iowa uh, now that this in-person registration uh, is no longer required. And so we've seen consecutive months over a hundred million and really um, here in May where we did not anticipate uh, having very good numbers, uh, we, we really uh, still uh, had fairly strong numbers uh, at, at 114 million in handle. Random question for you, but uh, something that has been percolating in my mind, and I've wanted to cu- talk to some of the operators in the state about it if it is able to be done. Las Vegas has the super contest. It's something that the Westgate oh, has yeah. put on for a number of years. Different casinos have different things, but Circa's got a big one now. Yes, there's lots of them across. Is that something that is legal in our state where you put in an entry fee for the whole season over 18 weeks of the NFL, whatever it turns out to be? Can we do that in the state of Iowa? I think it is something that could be permitted under the statute. It would need to be, uh, uh, it, since it's not uh, an approved wager, it would be something that an operator would make a request. It would go in front of the commission. Um, the operator would explain what it is, uh, how revenue is received. Um, the commission would review it to make sure that it seems fair and, and would be okay for the public. 
but I, I don't believe that the statute would prohibit it. And so it, it is something that could potentially um, uh, be offered in this state at, at, at some point in time. Uh, that That's uh, what I believe, at least at this point. Hmm. Very interesting, because yes. Circa's coming to town. I'm going to be making some phone calls on yeah, that one. They've got a massive, massive <laughs> contest that they just uh, kicked off uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, Brian Arilco from the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission. He's the director of gaming. So, Brian, yesterday I reached out to you, and I sure appreciate you you know, seeing my text and answering back while we are on the air just pursuant to the olympics uh we had a question as to what uh iowans will and won't be able to to wager on i'm not sure how much handle it'll do i'm anxious to see those numbers when they come out if there is a significant uptick in july but why don't you go over the cans and can'ts uh, of what uh, we can bet on once the olympic games start here coming up in july sure no happy to do that and it, uh, the operators are starting to uh, get excited about uh, the Olympics, and we're starting to see a, n- a number of requests. So currently, um, we'll start with what cannot be offered, and this is something that Iowa law uh, prohibits. And so Iowa law prohibits uh, any wagering in an individual event where any athlete in that event is under the age of 18. And so really what that does is it, it really eliminates um, uh, all of the individual uh, events, and, and we're still trying to look at different individual events as we get requests in. Um, but it's very difficult to determine, uh, especially in other countries, if if, um, if those athletes uh, are 18. Um, but what is offered, and what will be offered, and 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 we're starting to see more and more um, stuff out on the apps, is any team events, and so. It could be team basketball, soccer, softball, volleyball, any any uh, any team event, and then also any relay event. Uh, so, in a situation where an individual um, uh, is not earning the medal on their own, so any uh, any relay, so a four by um, could be a swimming track relay, uh, any doubles events, so doubles table tennis, those are considered team events, and so those will also be on the board. Uh, any of those team events, uh, all props um, uh, could be offered so long as um, uh, the prop is not uh, for an athlete that's under the age of 18. And so um, we could see, um, you know, a number of props being offered in, in the basketball contest. And um, uh, so, you know, that's where we stand uh, right now. And so, you know, probably would you know we won't be able to wager on people you know, like Katie Ledecky, because of um, we have athletes in those individual events that are uh, mm-hmm. under the age of 18. But uh, if she participates in a four by, then the team, uh, you know, would be something that would be on the board. What about medal count? I know that's something that they always have the graphic up on NBC, seemingly every Olympics, of who's got the most medals. Is that something you guys will lay? Be able to lay at least the yeah. operators? Yeah, great question. Yes, that is something that, that would be permitted. Well, I, I just um, I I don't have a feeling for how, yeah. how much the uh, handle this is going to generate, Brian. In our final uh, minute, uh, I'm anxious to see uh, our final minute or so. We know Circa's coming to town. They hope to be in place. I think they took uh, a partnership with with the Wild Rose, who has Bet Rivers. Uh, they have obviously DraftKings. Now they're going to bring Circa into town. Any other big gaming uh, companies that are uh, dipping their toe here in the state of Iowa or want to be involved that uh, you can uh, share with us at this time? Sure. No. So Circa is definitely the one. They're very active, and they've been working with our team. And so, so they they you know we expect uh, them to launch here 
uh, within the next month, I would say. But there are other companies, Golden Nugget. Um, they have a, a big presence out in the eastern United States. Uh, they uh, are also um, coming in. Carousel Group, Bet House, um, U.S. Bookmaking, Win. So those are all companies mm-hmm. that uh, have licenses in and are working with our team and, and with anticipated launch dates sometime this summer or into the fall. Got to be in place in, f- in front of the football yep. season uh, to get a uh, to get a foothold. Brian Rilko, Director of Gaming, Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission. Brian, as always, we appreciate our relationship. Thanks for doing this. Uh, we'll uh, impose on you in the weeks, uh, months to come. Thanks, Brian. Yep. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Yeah, you do the same, Brian Rilko, Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission. Good stuff uh, out of Brian. I loved your question. That that is an unbelievably popular contest. It is. I think that would be a popular connection here with our radio oh, station. Oh, man, I'll say. Mm-hmm. I think you're on to something. Uh-huh. I really do. And Circa coming to town? I, I talked it. last year with an operator about this. What's right? We're out there in three weeks. Uh-huh. Let's get some things buttoned up. <laughs> Cappy next, 1460 KXNO 106.3.